This is The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. In this episode, Elon Musk wants to buy Tesla for $82 billion. South African-born entrepreneur Elon Musk is back in the headlines today after a move that was outrageous even for him. It came via Twitter, where Tesla's founder has been super active of late. It seems that nobody outside of Musk's own head had any inkling of what was to come. Here's how the Bloomberg Daybreak News Bulletin opened this morning. Tesla CEO Elon Musk shocking investors with news that he could take the company private. Word from Musk came yesterday afternoon in the form of a tweet and a blog post that left many questions unanswered. Dana Hall reports from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. The fact that he wants to take Tesla private is not a surprise. He's talked about this in previous interviews with us. There's been no SEC filing. We're not sure when there is a board vote. Presumably the board is on board with this, but we haven't heard from any of them. We really don't have anything beyond Elon's tweets and the blog post. Now, Musk suggested a price of $420 a share to take Tesla private. That would value the company at $82 billion and would amount to the largest leverage buyout in history. Wall Street is skeptical of Musk's plans. Dennis Gartman is editor and publisher of the Gartman Letter. This is not going to happen. I think this is just a game to put the fear of God into the shorts once again, which clearly he did. But do I think that this is going to come to fruition? I doubt it. Shares of Tesla surged 11% yesterday, but closed around $380, far below the $420 level cited by Musk. David Kudlow, CEO at Mainstay Capital Management, is shorting Tesla and says he will stay with that position. This doesn't change my perception or outlook, and it hasn't changed my outlook on my short position. In fact, we were in shorting more shares today on the strength in the stock. Just a week ago, Tesla reported another quarterly loss where it burned through hundreds of millions of dollars. Still, there are those who think $420 a share is too low for Tesla. Ross Gerber is president and CEO at Gerber Kawasaki and a Tesla shareholder. I value the company at 571. I, this is a ripoff. I'm not selling for 420. I, you know how many companies I can find like Tesla out there? There's none. The biggest question around Elon Musk's plan is funding. Neither his tweets nor his blog post yesterday made mention of how Tesla would pay to go private. Tesla shares down 1% in early trading following yesterday's 11% gain. CEO Elon Musk took to Twitter yesterday saying he could take the electric car company private at an $82 billion valuation. Tigris Financial Chief Investment Officer Ivan Feinseth says the move doesn't make sense for Tesla. It doesn't make sense because he's in a growth stage. He's not in a mature stage. He needs the public markets for financing. I mean, it would be easier to raise financing in both equity and debt for him if he's a public company. At that $82 billion valuation, it would be the largest leveraged buyout in history. Let's pause for a moment. Musk owns 20% of Tesla's shares. At the price that he tweeted, $420 a share, he and his partners would need to stump up $70 billion in cash. For context, the biggest ever buyout of shareholders, or what they call a leverage buyout, was in 2007 when a private equity group that included KKR and Goldman Sachs did a $45 billion deal to acquire Texan utility TXU Energy. So Musk and co. want to put up almost double that. But what about the way that Musk took to Twitter to share the news? Here's Karen Kavanaugh, 
Senior Vice President of Voya Investment Management. Well, it's certainly unprecedented, and we haven't seen any other CEOs do that. Uh, and it may actually be inappropriate, too. So I think it's going to play out over the next couple of days, and we're going to find out more about it. But it is definitely throwing a monkey wrench into the news this morning, and we are seeing a lot of uh, a lot of coverage on it. But we'll, we'll find out. Um, you know, we'll find out exactly what's going to happen. But as we know, uh, Elon Musk does things his way, so so it should be interesting. Let's get more on these developments now from Bloomberg Opinion columnist Alex Webb, who joins us from our London Bureau. Alex, good morning. Welcome. Uh, Judging by what we've been hearing from analysts and shareholders, there are some real sticking points to uh, getting this done, uh, if Musk is serious about it. Yesterday, Tesla shares rose around 11 percent. This morning, they're down almost 1 percent. So do we now read investors as skeptical? I think even from the initial reaction, there was a certain amount of skepticism. Uh, the, the shares, is, even as they peaked yesterday, were still well below the $420 uh, price that Elon had mooted. Uh, they were, I think, I think they peaked at about $379. Some of that gain, some of those gains, you can probably attribute to um, skittish short investors. Um, you're trying to get out of the stock. Clearly, there is a certain amount of options as well. That someone's going to be buying that stuff. But um, this does remain a lot of skepticism that he can plug that sort of $50 billion gap. This was an interesting way that he chose to sort of signal his plans, if they are indeed plans, going on social media. Yeah, it, it it begs even more questions, doesn't it? Uh, there are huge, um, there's huge befuddlement over to what extent this is even um, permissible. Uh, the SEC has um, issued guidance on the ability, what you have to do if you're going to make uh, material announcements on social media, and you have to sort of telegraph it to to the market that you intend to make an announcement. On, on these platforms and it doesn't see it, it's unclear whether he jumped through those hoops effectively they do have some um vocabulary in their in their um in 10k in which it says that they will um, make announcements via social media i'm not sure if this entirely covers it he did give himself some wiggle room he said we're considering it he didn't say it's definitely going to happen but um there's certainly going to be a bunch of people at the sec um scratching their heads uh when they get into the office today to see if they need to take further action was he just trying to stick it to the shorts that does remain a big question. You know, he had said, uh, I think a month or two ago, that there's huge um, news coming up which will kill all the shorts. I wonder whether this was it. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, it, the thing that is puzzling though, there's been some reporting from the FT saying that the the Tesla's um, you know, favorite investment banks knew nothing about this. They have this is not on their radar. Um, so if it had been in the works for a couple of months, one might imagine they might have been in the loop. Um, it clearly has hurt some shorts. It equally, in some ways, you, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more short interest in Tesla. Of course, it's, it's gained even further, so there's more to benefit from going down. And there is kind of a, a, a ceiling now to how much they could lose. If this deal is going to go ahead and it's going to be at $420, well, that means the most they can lose is 10%. Um, if it doesn't happen, then one anticipates the stock would tumble. So they've got a huge amount of upside in the form of $375 or whatever the, the, the valuation is right now. So it's sort of a mixed message for, for, for short investors. Well, let us take uh, Mr. Musk at his word here and suggest that this is his plan. If he did take Tesla private, would that silence Tesla's critics? It wouldn't silence them, but it meant it would probably mean they have less uh, less volume. Ultimately, 
if people are willing to invest in Tesla when they're not publishing quarterly numbers, that's entirely their prerogative. Um, if you know you can't short, it's harder to, to clearly to short a company if it's not publicly traded. Um, you can still have questions about it operationally, and you know they still have debt. They still have people um, who, who to whom they owe significant amounts of money. That is, you know, so there's, they're not completely bereft of any public oversight, uh, but it, it would go a long way to ensuring that they don't have to worry about the more short-term targets, clearly quarterly numbers, for instance. Briefly, last question here. I, I wonder uh, when you can sort of turn a company on its head with a few tweeted words, does that suggest that Tesla should be private at this point? I think that does speak, um, yeah, I mean, that, that speaks very much to the issue with Tesla is its volatility. And Elon was complaining about the volatility in the blog post, which was also the email that he had sent to Tesla employees. Well, he is the generator of much of that volatility. It's all very well passing the buck on to investors, but they are reactive to what the company does or doesn't do. And Elon's propensity to take to social media is a huge risk for investors, clearly. That was Bloomberg's opinions columnist, Alex Webb, speaking from London. How did it all go so wrong between Musk and Wall Street? On a day when investors in his stock should be celebrating a promise to give them a quick profit, most just don't believe him. The Financial Times of London's front page lead story even mused that Musk might have been making a joke all along with the $420 a share number and inside reference to April the 20th a day that's celebrated by marijuana smokers. After all, over the past 15 years, investors have injected billions of dollars into funding the Tesla dream, the company which in all that time has yet to make a profit. The relationship between Musk and his investors have been on a slide for a while, mainly because of missed forecasts, but that slippery slope got a good oiling in May this year when Elon threw his toys during the official Tesla earnings conference call with analysts. And so where specifically will you be in terms of uh, capital requirement? Next. Next. Boring bonehead questions are not cool. Next. So in case you didn't get it, Musk's exact words. Next. Boring bonehead questions are not cool. Next. Given that Musk's dreams have been funded through the investment of billions of dollars by people like the analyst of Bernstein & Co., you have to wonder who exactly the bonehead is. But it gets even better. There's a long pause in this clip as Elon probably switches his own microphone to mute. Thank you. Our next question comes from Joseph Back with RBC Capital Market. Uh, thank you. Um, the, the first question is um, uh, related to um, the Model 3 reservations. And I was just wondering if you gave us a, a gauge as maybe some of the impact that, that the news has had. Like of, of the reservations that actually opened and made available to figure. Can you let us know like what how what percentage have actually taken um, the step to configure? We're gonna to go to YouTube. Sorry. These these questions are so dry. They're killing me. Thank you. Our next question is from Galileo Russell with HyperChange. And for the next 20 minutes or so, Musk indulged himself as the deliciously named YouTube vlogger Galileo Russell posed one psychophantic question after the other. 
It was enough to give pause to any investor. But the pros did look beyond that public meltdown, and they cared less when Musk belatedly apologized three months later. Among those who believe Musk's biggest asset is his hype machine is Steve Eisman, one of the stars of Michael Lewis's superb book, The Big Short. Eisman was among the handful of Wall Street iconoclasts who saw through the collateralized debt option bubble, the thing that sparked the global financial crisis in 2008. This band of brothers sold CDOs in huge volumes at a time when everybody else on Wall Street was inflating the bubble to its eventual and past the bursting point. So let's get a reminder of what Eisman told the Bloomberg surveillance team last week when he was discussing Musk's apparent cerebral advantages. People who love Tesla like to point, they like, like to say he's a genius. And from my experience over the years, there are a lot of smart people in this world. Um, but just because you're smart doesn't mean you execute well. And so far, he's not executing well. Um, he's building a whole bunch of cars in a tent. He's negative cash flow. He's at war with his safety regulator after the, um, the unfortunate uh, crash for his autonomous uh, driving car. Um, and he's and he's lost a tremendous number of executives over the last two years. Those are all negative signs. Now, maybe he can pull it out, but as of now, it seems to me all the fundamentals are pointing negatively. And there's some really peculiar behavior elsewhere. Do you factor that in when you I have do- to create a short thesis, or is that separate to, to what you're walking us through at the moment? Um, I don't... I factor some of that in. I factor more in that after the autonomous driving accident, he announced two weeks later that he was no longer cooperating with the National Safety Board. I thought that was a very poor decision. The other stuff uh, I listen to, but I don't pay that much attention to. Fair enough, but surely there's some value there. Tesla has, after all, established a lead in electric cars. Surely that's going to rescue Musk's reputation and his company's future. Not so fast, says Eisman. I think when you look at the um, the car space, the real future is going <clears> to <throat> be autonomous driving. You know, he's gotten big in the electric car space, but I really think that we're leapfrogging now towards autonomous driving, and the two largest players in autonomous driving are Google and GM. And as far as I can tell, um, Tesla is a very distant party in, in, in that space. Well, the boy from Pretoria is certainly causing a ruckus in international financial markets. But will his reputation survive intact? Time will tell. This has been The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. Until the next time, cheerio.